It's time to get inside the Giants huddle. Huddle up, huddle up, huddle up. On Giants.com. Here we go, here we go. And the Giants mobile Get them in there, let's go. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Welcome to the newest episode of the Giants huddle Podcast. John Schmoke with you. Today's guest, Dane Brugler, who covers college football for The Athletic. But first, before we get to Dane, I want to remind you, you can find the Giants huddle Podcast on all your favorite podcast platforms, Giants.com slash podcast, and on the Giants mobile app. Now let's get to our guest. He's one of our favorite people to talk to, friend of the program. You usually hear from him on this show between January <laughs> and April, but we're going to talk to him now because there's a lot of unknowns in the National Football League. I thought this would be a good time to get to a lot of that stuff um, when it comes to the draft with Dane Brugler, who covers the NFL draft for The Athletic. Dane, you got Schmelk and Fiegels here. Hi, first, first off, I hope you and your family, everybody out there, are safe and healthy. Yeah. Yeah, we are. We're doing okay. It's Good. Uh, obviously a weird time. Hopefully, same for you guys as well. It's just, uh, you know, trying to stay positive during these this uncertain times. And uh, for me, uh, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with the season. We don't know, you know, what the next few months are going to look like. But somehow, some way, there will be a draft. And so that's, that's what I'm clutching <laughs> no to. No question. Uh, you know, the work I'm doing right now, scouting all these guys, watching all the junior tape, um, you know, I, I know it's it's not for for nothing because somehow, some way, there will be a draft next spring. We don't know what it's going to look like between now and then, but somehow, some way, we will get there. Yeah, and, and we've got a lot of layers of the onion to unpeel here, Dane. But first of all, you've been putting out some of your prospect lists for 2021. We'll touch on the players briefly at the end here. This is more of a, like a logistics interview, but tell the folks how they can find your work first and foremost. Yeah, uh, you can find it on The Athletic, um, doing my positional previews right now, going through each position, ranking top 20 seniors, top 10 underclassmen, a lot of analysis, and uh, basically just uh, just enough to uh, get people introduced to uh, the players they need to know in this upcoming draft class. Awesome. All right. First things first. Um, <laughs> I guess it's a loaded question, so good luck. Are we <laughs> going to have Power 5 conference football in the fall? Is there a chance it's oh. going to be in the spring? What do you think? Hopefully, you know, I think spring talking to people uh, at, you know, these different programs, they definitely have a contingency plan in place if they need to go to the spring. You know, it's not talked about a lot because that's not what we want to see. That's not what schools and programs, that's not what they want to see, because it's just it's going to be a nightmare with uh, trying to you know figure everything out. So they're going to try and do everything they can for football to happen in the fall. And it's going to look very different. Um, it's not going to happen right on time. It's going to be delayed a little bit. Um, you know, we're not really going to have uh, conferences playing each other. It's going to, you know, the SEC is going to stay within the SEC, the Big Ten, the Pac-12. Uh, the ACC left the door open a little bit for some of those traditional rivalries, uh, you know, Clemson, South Carolina, Florida, Florida State. But it doesn't sound like the SEC is interested in doing those things. So it might just be the ACC plus Notre Dame this year, the Big 12. They're open to uh, one non-conference uh, game this year. So, you know, we're, we're going to see maybe, uh, you know, Texas versus Louisiana Lafayette, big games like that. So each conference is different in their approach and how they're trying to do things, which is really the, the big problem with college football is, you know, the NCAA is more of a governing body it's not a you know it's not like the nfl where you have a commissioner and league office and you know they make a lot of the decisions it's it's not like that in college football where each conference is kind of looking out for their best interest and doing what they feel is best so i think you know 
the the preferred method is we will have football this fall. They're going to do everything they can. Uh, ho- hopefully, we do see football this fall in college football. Uh, it's just it's going to look a lot different. Um, Dane, so I have a son that's that's in college football at Rutgers. He's a junior there. Um, I'm getting reports you know, every day that there's positive tests here. They're shutting down the programs. Things. It's in my in my mind that they're going to try to make this work. You know, unlike the NFL where they're testing these players every single day. Um, and, you know, these guys are they're making money. So they're a little bit more, I would say, mm-hmm. uh, responsible. Um, I just don't understand how they're going to do this without getting positive tests weekly to, from these players, especially on some of the campuses where they're allowing students back in. So, you know, is that is that um, contingency plan for the spring pretty? Uh, you think that you think that these guys I, I guess what I'm asking you, I have a feeling that this that the season will start, but it's going to get shut down. Would they would they do that and then continue into the spring, or would they just shut the whole thing down and be finished? Do you think? You know, it's such an unprecedented situation. You know, unfortunately, yeah, there's just there's bad news coming out of Rutgers camp with uh, some of those positive tests. And you know, I can only imagine. You know, for you as a parent, you know, obviously it, it just has a different. Um, uh, you know, you have a different perspective on this. And it's, it's yeah, it, it's it's really uh, it's tough because you. You know, we, everyone wants to see college football played this fall, but, you know, these guys, these players are not, uh, they're not paid. You know, this is, That's right. there's more things going on. It, not every campus is going to allow uh, students on campus, but if you play football, it's a little different. You know, mm-hmm. you, you will be allowed on campus. And so we, we treat these guys differently. Um, it, it's, it, it's tough because, you know, people will say, oh, it's just for, you know, the president and the administrator. It, you know, for them to line their pockets and they know football is money making, but it's more than that because without college football season, there's no swimming season, there's no softball season because college football helps pay for all of that. And so it's just it's such a complicated conversation that you know you you sure. hope that these guys have the best these administrators and the decision makers. You hope they have the best intention for these football players. Uh, but if they if we do have to go to a spring season, then that's where things get really interesting. And from my perspective, uh, as an evaluator of these players going to the next level, we're going to see we've already seen a few players opt out of the season. If we go to the spring, uh, we're going to see hundreds of players decide, hey, Done. I'm not going to I'm not yeah. going to play in the spring. I'm going to prepare for the combine. I'm going to uh, you know get ready for the draft. I'm going to you know whether it's the Senior Bowl, the combine, different, these different things they're going to go with that direction instead of trying to play out a season in the spring. Now, do you think, Dane, that if, you know, we already have some of the smaller conferences and, and, and you know, some of the schools on the FCS level are going to play in the spring, Ivy League, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. If some of these Power Five conferences, all of them, end up playing in the spring too, do you think there'll be some type of agreement between, you know, college football, you know, as a general term, and the NFL where they'll move the combine and the draft back to maybe, you know, make it more likely that fewer of these people do opt out? How flexible do you think the NFL is going to be in working with college football to try to get some type of representative season to make the evaluation process a little bit more honest? And that, that is a great question that I, I think we've seen in the past uh, how the NFL has not really been uh, very cooperative when it comes to the draft in terms of moving things. And, you know, they, they have a set schedule. They stay, that's what they're going to do, and they feel confident about that. And so 
it's going to get really interesting uh, if they, they can do it on their. You look at their calendar. There's really nothing huge going on in May and June that they couldn't maybe move it back a little bit. And, you know, there, there could be, you know, whether the, the All-Star Games, the Senior Bowl, the Shrine Game, uh, NFLPA, you could, you know, incrementally move these things back, move the combine back a little bit, move the pro days back a little bit. And it's not just for college football's sake. It, it, it could help the NFL in terms of, uh, you know, you look and talk about their scouts and their evaluators and everything. It, it'll help them keep keep them more safe because maybe by then we'll have more of a grasp on this thing and uh, be able to better attack it. So it's not just something that I think you know they need to help out college football. It could vastly help the NFL too in terms of their ability to evaluate this class. It's going to be it, this is unprecedented. We've obviously never seen anything like this mm-hmm. at this point. I think every option is on the table. How willing the NFL will be to uh, be cooperative and you know work hand in hand with college football? I think that's something we just we don't know yet, and I'm not sure. And it's going to be weird because what happens when uh, you know, God forbid, you know, Rutgers continues to have, you know, say Rutgers has bad outbreaks, and say other Big Ten teams do, the Big Ten can't play, but the SEC still plays, mm-hmm. the ACC still plays. You know, it's, it's these different uh, conferences could be all different in terms of how they if they shut down if they try to move to the spring. Like you mentioned, we've already seen that with the FCS level and different conferences. Not every conference is going to do the same thing. So if the SEC plays this fall and the Big Ten doesn't, that puts the NFL in a weird position. Are we just going to do this just for the Big Ten? Or So there's just so many different avenues this could go that it's hard to have a great answer right now. It's just I think every option's on the table. Dan, real quickly, I know what you do is very important to a lot of different people, including you know people in the buildings through the National Football League, through your analysis and things like that. To me, when you've got 32 first-rounders every single year, um, I would imagine that a lot of those guys, if something is like this is going to start getting closer and closer to the season being they don't know if this is going to happen, the, the opt-out. We've already seen a couple guys opt-out that are going to be potential first-round draft picks. Do you see this maybe becoming a common trend here in the next uh, month or so? Uh, I, I do, and I don't think it's going to be something where NFL teams are going to to ding these guys and say, "Oh, they don't love the game." It's not. It's not that. It's not. Yeah. You know, we we went through this a couple of years ago when Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey they they skipped the bowl the game. Bowls, and, yeah. You know. Yeah. It, this is a little different. I think NFL teams they. They understand the decisions these kids have to make. And uh, Rashad Bateman, a uh, really talented receiver from Minnesota, he announced this morning he'll be opting out of the season, preparing for the NFL draft. Caleb Farley, a corner from Virginia Tech, uh, he's doing the same thing. Uh, and, you know, Farley, his, his mom died of cancer not too long ago. You know, he, he spoke about family and how he did not want uh, to go through that again. And it, it's something where you don't, you don't blame these guys. With all the uncertainty swirling, uh, you know, these guys are first-round players. Uh, I feel very confident that uh, Caleb Farley will be one of the first corners drafted. He, his tape is outstanding. He, he is just scratching the surface because he's a high school quarterback. But what he's shown so far, I feel very confident that he's going to be a high draft pick. Same thing with Rashad Bateman. He's in that Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen type of mold as a wide receiver. He's not a burner. He's a 4-5 athlete, but he's very savvy. He understands releases, his routes. Um, it, how to leverage the the, the coverage? So I have, uh, you know, it's going to be a, bit, a pretty big wide receiver class, but I feel very confident Rashad Bateman will be one of the first ones drafted. It's going to be interesting when we have some of these lesser known players who are more mm-hmm. second, third, fourth round players. Are they going to opt out? Are they going to say, hey, well, I'm better off just going 
Um, it, it, you know, it's, it's kind of just the tip of the iceberg right now, and we just don't know how big that iceberg under the water. We just don't know how big that part is. Dan, you kind of mentioned this in one of the other answers. Are college teams going to even allow NFL scouts to go to their campus and like do what they usually do, or is this going to be like we're, we're looking at tape, which kind of in some ways eliminates the point of having regional scouts, right? Yeah, well, and that's. Uh, something that's been discussed a lot um you know just in in my not only am i just watching tape but i'm on the phone with these guys talking to my you know my buddies throughout the league and they're wondering what their schedules are going to look like this fall um you you know because i think each college is going to be different with with how they how they do things you know some of these uh you know they they, they've talked to me about some of these colleges setting up like a a specific room where uh you know the scouts will go and be able to set up monitors for them and maybe bring in players one by one you try to social distance responsibly let them go out to practice sit in the stands so there's ways around it and but you know it's still it's putting a lot on these scouts to ask them to uh, you know, be, uh, you know, going to different places every every week and every day uh, where not every every college is going to do it the same way. So, you know, in the NFL, they've got a system down that it, it heard a lot of positive things from players and coaches, how they feel confident that the right measures are being put in place. College is just a little bit different because you have more players, you have different uh, people making different decisions on each campus. And so it's just, it's more of the wild, wild west. And so you're just kind of, you're hoping for the best that these guys have, uh, you know, the best intentions for these players and everyone that's going to be coming through campus. Yeah, Dave, no question about it. I want to get your take on the rookie class this year because, you know, you kind of track this stuff. We had Bill mm-hmm. Polian on our show last week, and he talked about, if he, look, if he's a GM or a coach, you know, trying to put his roster together, unless you're a first or second round pick, maybe a third round pick, he's not going to expect much of anything from you this year you know in the pros given there's been the off season you're gonna have right. basically three and a half weeks of practices before you play in a game what do you think this transition is going to be like for the 2020 rookie class as they try to contribute their first year in the nfl you know basically meeting their coaches for the first time in person this week right it, it, it's tough uh and for some positions more than others you know you talk about quarterback and being able to digest the playbook and uh, understanding what is expected of you from the coaching staff um you know certain positions are tougher than others i think wide receiver is one of the toughest positions to make that immediate uh transition because you know it's you're seeing more man coverage. You're seeing you have to have that perfect chemistry down with the quarterback. And so for these receivers who are not going to get a ton of time to throw with these quarterbacks, uh, you know, you wonder if, you know, this is this was an historic class. We had more receivers drafted in the first two rounds than ever before. But how many of those receivers are going to be able to make that instant impact that, you know, we would normally see from, uh, you know, in 2014 when we had Mike Evans and Odo Beckham and th- those guys that really hit the ground running, it just we're probably not going to see that this year. Um, now, talent wins out. So I think talent will get their way on the field and we'll, we'll see those guys perform. But I, I don't think there's any doubt about it. We will see probably lower uh, output from these rookies than we've ever seen before. And, and the reason, pretty self-explanatory with the lack of practice time, the lack of, I mean, I know these guys have Zoom and they've been talking, they've been going over playbooks and things like that, but it's just, it's different when you have, you know, the tangible experience on the field and practice and things like that. So it's, uh, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see how it all plays out on Sunday. 
Dave, yeah. give us a thumbnail of the 2021 class, strengths, weaknesses, who you think, you know, maybe if there's a consensus top one, top three, just give me your big picture consensus on the 2021 draft class before we say goodbye. Well, I think, you know, the uh, receiver class, I mentioned how strong it was last year. This receiver class could be even better, which is saying something. Uh, Jamar Chase from LSU at the top. You got the two Alabama guys, which, I mean, it sounds like deja vu. Uh, deja vu with Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs last year. This year, Devontae Smith and uh, Jalen Waddle from Alabama. Both those guys look like first-round picks. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, he's the early favorite uh, quarterback in Clemson to be that top pick. And then, actually, you know, a lot of people talk about Justin Fields. My second quarterback is Trey Lance from North Dakota State, the rare FCS quarterback uh, who's a top prospect. He's only a redshirt sophomore. He's going to have a really interesting decision to make coming up here because he really needs more time at the college level, but he's already being talked about as a potential top 10 pick. So that'll be really interesting. I just posted my uh, pass rush preview today uh, on The Athletic, and I think that's one of the stronger positions this year, a lot of talent there. So uh, a lot of interesting uh, talents. It's going to be really interesting to see how it all plays out. But, uh, you know, like I said before at the top, it's, the draft is going to happen some way, somehow. And so I'm just kind of clinging to that as yeah. uh, as the motivation moving forward. I hope, maybe you'll get maybe you'll get a couple extra months if they move it back to June, huh? That'll give you a little more yeah, prep time. Uh, exactly, a chance to see these guys more. And I, I mean, that's what we were hoping for last year when you know without the pro days or anything like that. But yeah, I think every option's on the table at this point. So we just. Uh, like, uh, you know, like just with life, we kind of have to be open-minded about this stuff right now. We're all taking it day by day, Dane. Those that are flexible have the best chance to succeed. Mm-hmm. Yep, there you go. Well said, John. I hey, appreciate Dan. it, my friend, Dane. Always good to talk to you, buddy. Hope you stay safe out there. Let's talk soon, and hopefully we'll you'll be enjoying a college season. We'll be joining an NFL season in about a month. Thank you, Dane. All right. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks. That's Dane Brugler from The Athletic. And just again, a reminder, you can find the Giants Huddle Podcast on all your favorite podcast platforms. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please give a five-star positive review. The Giants mobile app and at Giants.com slash podcast, where you can find all the Giants podcast offerings, including Big Blue Kickoff Live, our daily call-in show, Giants Rewind with Carl Banks, and of course, this podcast, The Giants Huddle. For Dane Brugler, I'm John Schmoke. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you next time, everybody. Stay safe.